Hi everyone, I am Carrie Fulmeck. And I'm Carolyn Charles, and we are from the Equine Connection, the Academy of Equine Assisted Learning. Welcome to Changing Lives with a Horse, of course. Tune in to find out a ton about our horses, your horses, how they can change people's lives, personal wellness, and hear from loads and loads of wonderful guest speakers. So whether it's discussing how to hear and work with your horses in a different way, how to be selfful for you, horse welfare, or just to chat about life in general and have a good laugh, you are in the absolute right place. This is a podcast for life changers. And so it's a podcast for you. We are all life changers. Oh, good morning, everybody. Uh, gosh, it takes me a little while with this new technology. and I've had a bit of a break, which is actually part of uh, what we're talking about today is resilience after things go a little bit wrong in the power of positive thinking. So you'll notice as well today that I'm alone. In our description, we actually had that it would be myself and Alice. But again, the universe has stepped in and didn't want um, Alice to be here, which is rather rather kind of funny or ironic thinking about what our um, what our uh, topic is of conversation for today. So just to introduce myself, uh, my name is Jane Hemingway Moore, and I am the instructor for Equine Connection down in the Southern Hemisphere, so good old Australia and New Zealand. Um, I'm also planning when uh, travel permits again to be able to head to Europe and and, uh, help train up some of our our beautiful people over there who've been able to um, participate in our uh, online learning but um, still need that practical component as well. So um, so bear with me today, I am alone. So poor Alice, um, who is uh, my uh, assistant instructor, her little boy isn't well. So obviously uh, mum can't leave a little, morning Alice, <laughs> mum can't leave her little boy who isn't well. So today we're talking about um, resilience and the power of positive thinking uh, and uh, thinking and um, action and being grateful, all those sorts of things. So. Um, I wanted to really share with you a little bit of my recent story, um, which really took, people keep telling me it took a lot of resilience, but to be honest, I was just, uh, you know, getting through the best that I could and, um, you know, really in uh, in enjoying and feeling very blessed with the things that I have to be grateful with in life. So, um, look, before we start, what I'd love you to do is in any of the comments to put something like... um, what do the girls say? The hashtags? See, I don't even have Alice here to do the other half of the hashtag. So hashtag that we are life changers. If there's something, oh, thanks, Jenny. Yeah, see, I'm in one piece and I can stand up. I will stand up to demonstrate too. Um, uh, uh, holy jumping tuna fish. So if you hear anything that you'd like to, uh, you know, uh, hear more about, then please put those hashtags in and just let us know that you're out there. We also love to know where you're listening from because, or watching from, because um, it's just wonderful that we have such a global community connected to um, Equine Connection and that we're, we're all there for each other, supporting ourselves in, in our dream of um, working with horses. So um, today's topic about resilience and uh, is really relevant to working with horses. Horses are really... Um, uh, they really do change your life in many, many ways. I mean, part of my story is that as well today. Um, where we put in our little blurb up the top that, you know, social media, we all kind of present that really positive um, 
persona out there on social media. And I think personally I've always thought that that was a really good thing to do because, um, you know, in one way, instead of kind of comparing myself to others going, oh, their life's so amazing, I've thought, isn't that beautiful that, um, isn't it beautiful that, uh, you know, we can see the positive things in life. So I was able to turn a really negative situation into something really positive. I felt, you know, very, very blessed each day. And uh, what we were saying about, you know, social media just showing pretty much everyone's positive things in life, it's so relevant to us as, uh, as uh, people who work with horses because horses always see through that mask, that public persona that, you know, we like to put out there. Um, and as I said before, personally, I always do that. I mean, I don't think many people really knew what I was going through in the past six weeks because I actually didn't really want to um, share that with everybody. I, I, you know, the people who knew have been so um, strong for me and there for me and that has been amazing. But, um, you know, I didn't really want to put that out in the world, but I think I'm ready to share a bit of this story, um, you know, with everybody. So what happened to me on the 29th of April, so that's about six weeks ago today, actually, um, I was riding my horse and I am a, I'm a confident and competent horse rider. Uh, I've been riding for many years. I have regular uh, riding lessons. Um, I compete. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm quite competent. I was riding my horse who I have owned and loved and ridden and formed a partnership with uh, over the past over six years. And we just come off, it was a Thursday. Um, it's Thursday here in, in Sydney, Australia. So it is exactly six weeks ago today. Um, it was a Thursday and the prior weekend, we just had a really successful, wonderful weekend uh, competing. And, um, you know, I was just so proud of my beautiful horse um, and the partnership that I have with her and with my coach. We're like a little team. And um, I didn't want to do much with her that week, but the plan was that I was meant to be traveling to Brisbane. So as I think we said in one of our posts, the best laid plans of mice and men, <laughs> that, that went out the window because I was lying in hospital. Um, so I wasn't doing anything. I just wanted a nice gentle ride um, after that. We were just working on a few things. I wasn't jumping, I wasn't doing, and that's what I do, I do show jumping. I wasn't jumping, um, I was just doing a few little practice exercises, working on um, some things that I need to, because everyone needs to grow, no matter how good you are at anything, and I'm in no way a professional writer, I'm just an amateur, but um, you know, everyone needs to work on things in every single part of your life, so I was working on a few things. And to be honest, I don't even really know what happened, but I became unbalanced. And ironically, we were working on my balance um, and I came off. But the most unfortunate thing about that, because being a horse rider, we all know that's kind of part and parcel of riding is falling off. Um, I fell off onto rock. So that's not good. I fell off onto rock um, and uh, I... Um, hit first with my lower back, my sacrum, and then my upper back, my shoulder and my head, but I was wearing a helmet. Always wear a helmet, everyone, when you're riding, because um, you never know. This was a bit of a freak uh, accident, so it can happen to anyone. And I felt enormous amount of sudden pain in my back, and then 
literally in that moment I thought to myself thank god I'm wearing a helmet because I felt that bounce off the rock as well it was um kind of a rock face that I fell onto and it was excruciating pain I'll tell you that um but I you know I rolled face down onto the sand and my coach was like just breathe just breathe don't move don't move don't move I think most of us here have done our first aid and we know when there's a fall the last thing you do is get up and move around and um I was able to uh, wiggle my toes, move my legs, wiggle my arms, all that sort of thing. But the pain in my back was really, really bad. I was able to get up and I went over to their house and um, they gave me some pain relief and we decided not to call the ambulance on my call. I said, I'm fine. And um, I, you know, went over to their house, got pain relief, had ice on where it fell, all that sort of thing. And then half an hour later, I had this desperate need to get home. I don't even know what it was. I think it was probably shock. And I just wanted to get home. So I said to uh, my coach and, and her husband, I'm, I'm going to head home now. So they're like, oh, my God, are you sure? We'll drive. You don't know. No, no. I got in my car and started driving. And husband's calling me going, I really want to drive you home because it's about an hour's drive. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And you know when you're in a shock situation and you think, I'm being really sensible here because I'll know if I'm about to faint or something. But luckily I made it home without that. And I thought if I go a little lightheaded or something, I'll pull over. But um, I drove home and um, my coach had run ahead to home and said to my daughter, you've got to be there to meet your mum. She needs help, da-da-da. Uh, so I got home in the afternoon. I went straight up to bed and lay down, had a sleep, got up, didn't feel like eating anything. Got up and uh, went and made myself a cup of tea and then I had that whole feeling nauseous and, um, and dizzy and all that sort of stuff. Still not thinking I need to go to the hospital. And the next day I wake up and um, I'm trying to go to the toilet and I just can't feel anything down in, ironically, what's called the saddle area. So I thought, oh, that's really, really weird. I had this very uh, extreme pain in my back, but that still didn't worry me so much because I was thinking um to myself that well when you fall it's going to be painful particularly like um in you when you're over 50 like myself we don't bounce like we used to unfortunately and so I thought I'd better get it checked out and my you know my lovely husband said oh like I'll tell you know I'm heading into the office but I'll you know I'll just take the day off work and take you and I said no I think I'm fine and my um, elderly dad lives with us and I said dad's always asking can he do something for me I'll go see if he's free Dad was free, took me to the hospital. Um, they do a CT scan and the, the uh, beautiful doctor there said, at our local hospital said, you know, bad news, there's a break. I need to send you to the bigger hospital with the big orthopedic ward and the specialist there. You'll be much better off there. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I didn't go in an ambulance even. I went with dad because I'd managed. Um, they asked me, did I need that to lie down? And I said, no, no, I'm fine. So, you know, my lovely dad took me. Um, hours and hours later, I'm admitted into emergency at this big hospital in Sydney. But apparently it has like one of the best orthopedic wards in the country. So I was in very good hands. And they did an MRI and uh, did all this sort of stuff. And they saw that I had broken um, what they call the S3. It's one of the bones in your sacrum, so low down. And I T up the top, T2, 3 and 4, or 3, 4 and 5, something like that. Um, and bru bone bruised my shoulder and my foot. So, yeah, I was in great shape. Not with my head, so I was very lucky. Um, and plus, 
by the way, everyone, I couldn't walk, as I said before. So, you know, extremely lucky. Anyway, um, through all this, I still couldn't um, use any or normal bodily functions. So, uh, of course, they had to do things like catheterize me and all that sort of stuff, and that's all, all good. Everyone knows those things have to happen. And the doctor was pretty sure, and this is like a, a top orthopedic person, he was pretty sure that, you know, once the swelling resolved and everything that I would get my normal feeling back because that's, you know, our core nerves and muscles and things take a take a beating and there's, um, you know, there was a lot of swelling around it. So you can just imagine that that would uh, impact um, function. Um, so I was in the hospital over the weekend and they thought, you know, you'll probably be right to go and that's what I thought. They'd x-rayed the back and they said there's nothing to operate on. Um, sometimes then if something's been displaced, of course, they need to realign it. Um, but I was, uh, I cleverly broke my back and it just is, is split right through that, that lower um, vertebrae, but it's, it's stayed in place. So there's nothing for them to fix up. It just has to heal itself. So had I not had this other problem, they would have sent me home just to rest. Um, anyway, so the hours turned into days and the days turned into week and none of this function none of this these bodily functions have returned um it's six weeks down the track uh after two weeks in the hospital they sent me to a uh spinal rehab hospital um in sydney it is a magnificent place and i really have to have a big shout out to um new south wales health they were amazing um they cop a lot of flack particularly at the moment with uh you know disgruntled people with everything to do with COVID, but I cannot fault the hospital at all, the big public hospital. Um, sometimes a little bit in communication would have been nice, but um, apart from that, uh, they were amazing, especially the wonderful, wonderful nurses. My gosh, they nurses are so underpaid, I'll tell you what. Um, and all the other, you know, people who do all the other jobs around there, uh, around a hospital, they were amazing. And then equally at this rehab place, they were just, phenomenal like it was so holistic their approach to recovery and I really really feel grateful for being able to be there and that we have such a wonderful health system in this country and particularly in the state that I'm in um, as in New South Wales not in the state I'm in <laughs> and um, oh, I lost my train of thought there um, yeah so I did say about the communication piece where in the hospital they kind of um, there was a little bit of miscommunication where the doctor had said, okay, I'm going to send in this spinal nurse and she'll have a chat to you. So this beautiful lady came in to chat to me and then started talking about, you know, what the future looked like for me and how I'm going to have to, um, how I'm going to have to, um, you know, deal with uh, managing my everyday life and normal bodily functions and things. And I'm, I, I'm looking at this lady going, what? So are you telling me this is permanent? And she said, oh, didn't they tell you? And I tell you what, that was like being crushed with something. I was like, I just assumed that the swelling would go down, everything would be back to normal and everything. So that was a bit crushing. But, you know, luckily for me, again, a really positive out of that is that I have such a wonderful support network. So, you know, I told my husband straight away and I told um, one of my best friends who was on the phone straight away about something about, you know, um, 
uh, making sure I had the best doctors and who I should speak with and, and um, how I can make sure I'm getting the care that I, I need to and all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, also my wonderful um, GP, my, my regular doctor, she was also an amazing support. So, you know, really can't fault anyone there. Um, so I had to get my head around that. So I had a few moments of feeling really sorry for myself. Um, I spoke with, um, uh, you know, many people and I thought, oh, it's terrible. But one of the best things for me was to be transferred to the, the spinal rehab place because there it really showed me that I am so blessed and, um, you know, what other people go through without complaint or anything is amazing. So, of course, when you're there in a spinal rehabilitation hospital, you know, you have people who really, they can't walk, um, you know, or they may be paralyzed from the neck down. And seeing these people was inspirational to me. It was just such a, I just thought, gosh, I've got nothing to complain about. Um, I saw people work, walk for the first time in this thing called an exoskeleton. So um, there'll be people who are wheelchair bound, but there's like this robotic, uh, yeah, like a skeleton on the outside to allow them to walk. And the beam on the people's faces, like the, the actual person, the, the physio, the nurses, doctors and their family was inspiring. It was just amazing. And I just feel really, really blessed and, and lucky with what I've been through. And it just seems so unfair um, that, you know, many people, young, old, it's, it's you know, accidents are in as disease is really you know, doesn't discriminate. So, you know, you've got to, um, you've got to really, you know, um, look at the positive side all the time to keep you you going. So, um, yeah, I've been talking a long time and that's also because I don't have my beautiful Alice here who's made a couple of lovely comments. So thank you, Alice. You're also inspiring with your positivity. Um, I think I'll allow you to tell your story, but as we did say in the, in the um, preview to this, uh, Alice had what they thought would be a very simple operation to have her thyroid removed early this year. And, um, you know, the poor thing had some um, really challenging complications that, you know, still impact impact um, her life. Um, and plus, like today, she's got her little boy. Uh, feel free to share some of my story. And her little boy who came a couple of months premature, he's doing so well. Um, but he often gets, uh, you know, his um, little lungs are slightly compromised, as happens with premature babies. So with winter, and I'm going to tell you, you Canadians have nothing. It's eight degrees today in Sydney plus, and that is so cold with a maximum of nine. For us, that is freezing. Like, that is just so cold. Um, so that's really, you know, very hard for a little one who has um, a bit of a, a challenged immune system. So, <laughs> Alice said, insomnia and a toddler is tough times. Yes, it is. So, um, you know, we're all uh, battling with different things that really make us feel um, sometimes that we want to give up. And I think this is a big message that Kari always says that, you know, things that are sent to you that make you think you might want to give up are really more of a test to see your resolve in it. And that's one thing that Alice and I were speaking about um, both when I was in hospital and since I've been home. Uh, and that is that um, it really made us uh, even believe even more in what we were doing and how much we loved doing it and how we wanted it to continue. And just this little break um, in 
in our routine, I'll put it that way, you know, it's never stopped us. So that's what we're, you know, it's really never stopped us. So that's what we're, we're not going to let something like this stop us either. Um, you know, there's lots of things for each of us to manage. So it seems really um, funny that, um, uh, it seems really strange that, uh, um, sorry, someone just tried to call me on the phone and distracted me. Um, you know, it seems funny that two women run a company and both of us have had to have quite a lot of time off in the past kind of year and a half. And we've had to face some rather large life-changing challenges, but we're still really in, um, we're still really in love with what we do and it actually consolidates it even more. Like, I think that um, a lot of the things that it's helped us uh, think about is like, as Alice has just written, here's some things that help you uh, uh, help you through very difficult times is focusing on what you have to be grateful for. Um, practice things like mindfulness and grounding and focus on service and what you can do for others. So, you know, I said as well, like being in that place really made me think that I might like to even go and volunteer there in all my free time <laughs> because, you know, it just makes you realise how people are, um, you know, have such a lot of, uh, so many more things going on and how lucky we are. So um, with focusing on what to be grateful for, another thing that really hit me is when I went, when I was transferred, the day I was transferred from the hospital to the rehabilitation hospital, it was a huge day for me. Like, so you kind of get comfortable. So I was in the hospital for two weeks and I was pretty comfortable in um, that environment, you know, that I, you have your little routine, the doctors come in at certain times, your meals are delivered at certain times, your visitors are allowed at certain times. So you've got your little routine and it's quite comfortable. You know, if anything goes wrong, the, the nurses are just a button away. So um, the day I was transferred, a person came up from the transit lounge, which I had a little joke with him about. It's not like a fancy inner airport tra transit lounge where I'm going to go to a beautiful destination and have a glass of champagne. It's, you know, I was in a wheelchair down to there with a person I didn't know, very lovely person, transferred to another team of people I didn't know all the time. I'm saying my full name, date of birth. They're checking, you know, my um, numbers, my, um, you know, patient number, all that sort of thing. Then I'm given to some paramedics and I go in patient transport to the rehab place. So two other people I didn't know transferred to into the hospital there where um, the, uh, I met about five or six other people, you know, doctors, dietitians, psychologists, nurses, um, occupational therapists, physiotherapists, you name it. And they all came in, introduced themselves each person as lovely as the next but it was really overwhelming and part of me thought my gosh imagine if i was um alone if i didn't have anyone i could call i knew that at the end of the phone i could call a number of people who could be there for me in a very short space of time imagine if i didn't have all my intellectual faculties how confronting and frightening that would be or imagine that English wasn't my first language um, and I didn't quite understand what everyone was telling me. All these things would be so confronting. So, you know, I started to feel really grateful and I also started to feel a really deep empathy for people who go through these things and are alone. So, you know, some of those positive life lessons that I've learned is um, I'd like to consider myself an empathetic person, but, you know, even a deeper um, understanding and empathy for people who are going through things. 
Another thing is, oh, thank you, Cheryl from Queensland. Um, you know, it was amazing. So there was that empathy piece that, uh, you know, living a little bit, getting a snippet of what some people go through. I thought if I'm overwhelmed by this, then how overwhelmed must people be who really are, you know, compromising any of the areas if they're, you know, elderly or, or whatever it could be. And I did befriend a lot of the people in there as well, the other patients, and, you know, they were really inspiring some, um, you know, elderly people with lots of beautiful stories to share about where they're from and how they got there. Um, one beautiful man, he told me he was, he interrupted me one day and said, excuse me for the interruption and um, I'm just apologising for staring at you all the time. I hadn't noticed, by the way, but apparently he had been. And he said, oh, it's not just that you're a, a blue-eyed blonde, it's that my wife was and she passed away, you know, 10 years ago and I miss her. And oh, it was such a beautiful moment. So we had a bit of a hug and we're friends. Um, so it was so lovely. Um, what was another thing we wanted to say, Alice? You might be able to prompt me if you're still there. We were talking about resilience, so empathy, um, and it gave me a little insight into, you know, there are a number of um, people, many, many, many people with hidden um, challenges in their lives. So that's why, you know, we always say, one of the main things we say on our Leading Edge page is also that always to be kind because you don't know what people are going through. So, you know, I look perfectly normal and I'm fine, by the way, but I do have something challenging that people can't see about me. Um, but it is, and you know, it plays on your mind all the time and, and, uh, and it affects you. Um, in my family as well, we have a number of these um, hidden challenges. So, uh, gosh, what have we got in my family? We have um, multiple sclerosis, we have um, epilepsy, we have type 1 diabetes, uh, we have asthma. Uh, what else? Well, that's just to name a few. So there's some hidden diseases. Um, Oh, that's a good one. So being kind to others, but also being kind to ourselves. Good one, Alice. Um, so, you know, you just don't know what someone's going through. So, you know, maybe they're in a bit of a um, bad mood that day, or maybe they are, um, you know, they're a bit rude. And, you know, I've now really, as I've got older, so it's not just since this accident, I've got older, I've kind of come to realise that, you know, most people don't want to be rude. Most people don't. Most people want to have... Um, most people don't, most people want to have, um, uh, you know, have, because, you know, you give what you get. So if you're going to be unpleasant out to the world, you're going to get that unpleasant back, um, unpleasantness back. So, uh, you know, I love to give people the benefit of the doubt and think that maybe they are going through something and I have no idea what that challenge is. So, um, yeah, and as Alice just said, to be kind to yourself as well. Um, and embrace the moments where it all feels too hard. That's very correct. So uh, we'd said before that, you know, when we feel it's been too hard, that we actually, um, you know, embrace those and allow ourselves to, like in my case, I try and go and go and go, but I actually do need to have a bit of a rest um, during the day, which sounds really like, oh my gosh, you know, am I 90 or something? But no, I have to remember that I've been through a trauma and my body is still healing and I also have ongoing challenges. So, you know, what, you know, so what if I have to go through, you know, um, if I have to go and have a half an hour lie down every now and again. Um, you know, I even have to set alarms now to remind myself to 
um, use the bathroom because my body's not telling me that that's the case. So, you know, they're the hidden challenges. And I'm not going, hey, I'm sharing it on Facebook, so I'm sharing it with the world. <laughs> but, you know, most people who bump into me aren't going to know that. Um, it's not visible. So, you know, you know, if, if someone has to make a, a quick exit or something, then, then, then maybe they have a reason like mine that we don't even know. Uh, anyway, I'm just going to have a look at this little thing we wrote down the other day, Alice. Um, yeah, this accident for me, for example, so actually, you know, I broke my back, but I'm seeing this break as um, physical and metaphorical. I actually think the universe was telling me to take a break in some way. And for a few months leading up to this accident, I think there are a whole lot of signs that were telling me to, and it was almost like whatever you believe in out there was telling me to like, no, I mean it, I've been trying to give you hints, hints, you know, slow down, you need to slow down, you need to take a break. And it took me to have an actual break for me to slow down. And then every time they'd say, well, maybe you can go home tomorrow or in the next couple of days and they would prolong it for another week that I ended up spending the entire month of May in hospital, um, really gave me a lot of time to think and prioritise. So. One thing I've really um, prioritised, oh, sorry, um, realised, which I knew before, but but um, one thing I really knew was to value your family and your loved ones and your friends. Um, I really couldn't have done without mine, and I think I'm about to cry. Um, they've been amazing. My my husband is absolutely amazing. My dad, my children. And um, my brothers, sisters-in-law, um, uh, brother-in-laws, and uh, all my nieces, nephews, but also my very close friends. They are just, uh, they just have been a tower of strength. Um, and also another thing that I put in there, uh, yes, a tower of strength that I couldn't have done without. It's just been amazing. Um, the other thing I couldn't do without is having a sense of humour with it all. So I think humour is really important when things are not going to plan um, because otherwise you can get yourself into a real downward spiral and that's not the best place to be for anybody, for yourself in particular. So again, going back to being kind to yourself, for me humour is a great um, help in all those sort of things. But then again also, um, uh, to, um, it just lightens it or the mood, just like a, a puppy or a small child <laughs> lightens the mood. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that I have rambled on enough. I am very open to any questions about what I'm going through. Someone out there might be going through something the same or similar. And um, I've learned a lot in the past uh, month and a half about myself. Um, I've learned that, you know, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay, it's wonderful to have friends and family that you can rely on, and that's okay. Um, you don't have to do everything yourself. Alice and the team here at Leading Edge just took over as if it was seamless, and to me that's like a dream come true. It's like, you know, I've created a, a little company here, and so it's not um, it's not the, the Jane Hemingway Moore show, it's the Leading Edge show, and we are a real team. So when one of us can't be here, the others pick up, and that's what it's all about. Um, same with my family, um, they just picked up the slack, obviously in a big family, um, we all have certain responsibilities and, you know, I have to have a big shout out to um, my 
um, husband and wonderful kids who just picked up all the slack and as soon as I got home, no, you know, you do know what you need to do, let us know what you want to do and have let me ease back into being home. And one of the main reasons I love being home is being back with my beautiful animals. I missed them so much. Um, my family were able to bring my dog to visit me in hospital one day, which was wonderful. He wasn't allowed in the actual hospital, but they have gardens and that that's, was fine. And um, so, you know, I feel really blessed all around. In fact, since I've been home, my dog hasn't left my side. He's so lovely. Um, he's he's lying over there a couple of metres away. I literally, he's, he's black and he's literally like a shadow for me. Um, so I just feel so blessed from all of that. So I will sign off now. Any um, holy jumping tuna fish moments, please let me know. Any life-changing moments, let us know. Um, I'm very grateful for the team at Equine Connection as well. Um, you know, what a, in a way it's a blessing we're doing the, uh, the course in the virtual live format because I can do that perfectly well. I can have little rests in between. I can change the position, sitting, standing, sitting's the without a cushion and things really hard for me for long periods of time but we can get around all that so i'm very grateful for all of that and thank you everyone for listening in and listening to my little story um i love everyone out there um, especially my beautiful equine connection and leading edge teams they're just a family to me and um yeah let us know if you have any questions about anything that we've spoken about and um Hopefully, next time we schedule a live, it will be the two of us together again. So thanks for listening, everyone. I will see you all soon. Lots of love. Thanks so much for tuning in today with us gals from Equine Connection on today's episode of Changing Lives with a Horse, of course. Next week, we're going to have tons more information and please join us then for more chatting on how these phenomenal creatures are really the best teachers around. We'll talk to you all then.